Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, 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 my beautiful people. You guys, I I love podcasting. I've decided that it is the one thing that has been truly missing in my life because I feel like one, I don't have to get all beautiful and done up. Not that you have to, to show up on social media and stuff, but you know, sometimes you just want to be in your sweats with your hair in a bun and I can record podcast episodes literally in my PJs from my bed. <laughs> right now I'm not in my bed. I'm actually, I'm actually in my garage right now because Garrett's still asleep and uh, the garage was really the only place that was quiet. So, you know, this is real life. So I, I am loving podcasting. I hope you, you guys are loving these episodes and these interviews and the solo episodes as much as I enjoy creating them for you. Um, it's just so fun. It's so fun. And if you love these episodes or you love the podcast, like feel free to tag me on Instagram, share it in your stories, leave a review, like anything to get the word out so more people can find this podcast and get value. And if you have any suggestions or guests that you want to have on, on the show, send me a message. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready. I'm willing. <laughs> so in today's podcast interview, I actually interviewed this lovely girl from England. Her name is Elise Ireland. Her Instagram is Petite Elise. She is a vegan foodie, a travel blogger. Um, photographer. She does a lot of social media content creation. And she has really been traveling the world for the last year on a backpacker's budget. And she has been creating her own freelance business. And so we talk a lot about veganism because she started at a very young age when she was in high school and how to do that when, you know, your family's not necessarily vegan, people around you aren't necessarily vegan. So we talked about veganism. We talked about traveling while vegan we talked about just how she's been able to travel the world and make that decision and make it happen. So if you are one of those people that want to be like a digital nomad, like you have that adventure spirit and you're just like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know how to make this happen. You're going to want to listen to this episode because she's been able to make it happen at a very, very young age. And it started with her decision and her desire to go for it and take that risk and make a plan and make it happen. So you guys are going to love this episode, so let's dive in. Welcome, everyone, to the High Vibe Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. We have Elise Ireland on. Elise is also known as Petite Elise on Instagram. I will link her Instagram bio below. You're definitely going to want to follow her, especially after this episode. She's a vegan foodie. Oh my gosh, she has so much good food on her page, especially <laughs> if you're le le looking for recipes all the time. She has great stuff on there. And she really discovered her love for travel and photography and videography and all things really just like social media and marketing and branding. And her page is beautiful and it's super inspiring. And she's been traveling for over a year on a backpacker's budget. And I think that's such a beautiful thing and something that I really want to share with you guys because I, I hear so many times people want to travel, but they can't afford it, right? And I'm sure you get that a lot too. And yeah. she's been able to make it happen through her freelance social media businesses and just making a decision to do it. So 
Elise, would you do me a huge favor and just really introduce yourself, share your journey to veganism, share your journey on how you got the travel bug, where you've been to, where you're at now and where you see yourself going? For sure. So I think everything kind of started and my confidence came from going vegan itself. And that was about four years ago now. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. So I was still at school at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, University, right? At school. Okay. Yeah. High oh, school. school, like high school. Yeah. 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 High school. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm still quite young. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was about four years ago. And prior to that, I was super shy in school. I never really made decisions for myself. I kind of like followed the crowd a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I found veganism through social media. And I thought, wow, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, stand up for something I believe in and to align my values to something that I really, really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, so and was, was it the animal aspect of it that yeah, made you or, or was, was there? Yeah. So the main yeah. reason I found it was through social media and uh-huh. I upholding this belief this way of life Mm -hmm. um what they ate looked beautiful um the way they presented it looked beautiful and Mm -hmm. I kind of got pulled in through that Mm -hmm. and then I started doing my research and watched Mm -hmm. all the documentaries and aligned with like the ethical side of it yeah the environmental side of it Mm -hmm. and the health aspect all three of them it's like which one (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the, all three of those things Yeah. yeah Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced to it and mm-hmm. no one at school was vegetarian, let alone vegan. vegan. So I was like, this is my chance to just be able to do something for myself. Um, and that really gave me the confidence that I knew I could make a decision as big as that, but as small as that at the same mm-hmm. time, it wasn't hard. Yeah. Um, and yet it was such a big decision. So that kind of gave me the ability to, know that I can just make the decision to travel the world, to start my own business and to kind of go a little bit against the grain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, against like the norm. Yeah. For everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my question touching on the veganism part mm-hmm. is your family. So yeah. um, I think a lot of times people, I know when I told my mom personally mm-hmm. that I was going you know, vegan or plant-based or whatever you want to call it, um, she was like, you're going to be so unhealthy. And, and just like told me all, cause they didn't really know any better, you know? And, yeah, cool. um, she, and I wasn't living with her at the time. Right. Like I was already a grown adult when I made mm. this decision and I still got a lot of pushback. Obviously it was out of place of love and concern, yeah. but I'm curious how you were able to make that switch being living under your parents' roof, right. Mm. Where they're buying the groceries, like yeah. most of the time, like how did you find that balance to t- like one to tell them? And then how did you make it happen while you were still yeah. under their roof? I think that's the thing that I struggled with a lot when I was in the research phase of it. So mm-hmm. I was on social media, I was watching all these young girls, especially going vegan and being able to tell their family, but I was, I was very nervous. I'm not going to lie about letting them know. The one amazing thing that happened was my mom decided that for Lent, she would give up something other than chocolate and sweets. She gave up, um, meat and I was like wow this is so weird I never I've never spoken to my mom about this and I said mom I'm gonna do this with you so we were vegetarian for the month of Lent and then after that I was like okay I'm gonna tell my mom I'm gonna keep this going but also I'm gonna (laughs) give up dairy and eggs Mm. as well um and she because she had done that month of not eating meat 
she knew that it was something that was completely doable she mm-hmm. was still shocked yeah. but she knew that um that it's still healthy and mm-hmm. she knew can... I was really getting into the cooking side of things and I said I'm going to cook my own meals and I'll cook for you so you can try it mm-hmm. and ever since then my parents have both gone pescatarian and they cook oh, vegan whenever I'm home so yeah. it's really lovely that they've been really open to it yeah that's amazing and I think yeah, that that's so funny how the universe works like that. It's like I know. that month of like all of a sudden your mom's giving up meat and you're yeah, like, Yeah, it was well, so like, unexpected. Yeah, like as you're going through this like real yeah. big like inner conflict and transition. That's yeah. so funny. And I think it's that's like such a beautiful for that. Yeah, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. And so as far as your transition goes, I get the question a lot from people that want to make the switch. Mm-hmm. Should I go cold turkey? Should I transition? What would be your biggest tips for someone who's curious? Like they're plant curious. They want to try it out. They're not sure if they can stick with it, um, but they're, they're definitely compelled. Like they know in their heart and their soul that it's something that they want to do eventually. Um, what would yeah. be your tips for someone? Um, like where, where would they start? <laughs> So I've had loads of friends who have been intrigued as to Mm -hmm. what I'm eating, what I'm doing as a vegan. Um, And I know a lot of them. So when I just started going traveling, my friend came with me to Bali and we were in Bali for a month. And that's Mm -hmm. like vegan heaven. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to go vegan for the month in Bali. And she did it Mm -hmm. and she loved it. And there was an abundance of food there and it was so delicious. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just all about being in the right environment. So mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with people who are vegan or supportive at least go and eat that are vegan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just putting yourself in that mindset and environment is probably the best way to do it. But I would say whatever works for you. So mm-hmm. going cold turkey might not work for a lot of people. I yeah. don't think it would have necessarily worked for me. I went vegetarian for the month before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just slowly incorporating more vegetables and yeah more plant foods into your diet yeah and I think for the majority that's a that's like a more viable path I know for me personally Mm -hmm. I I am a very all or nothing type of personality that yeah that's just how I operate (laughs) so like I literally I had when I decided I went I watched the documentary Cowspiracy Mm -hmm. um and then after I watched it I've had like a leftover teriyaki chicken bowl and I threw it out and I was like I don't know what I'm eating tomorrow for lunch, but I'll figure it out. And I had like, I had like beans and rice and like some real sad meal. Like I literally had no, and then, and then I think remember when I first discovered that all of my favorite uh, chocolates, like even the dark chocolates all had milk fat in it. That was like the most depressing day of my life. I was like, the one thing I had to really look out for was that sneaky milk powder that's in everything. It's in everything, literally in everything. And so I remember like just being at the grocery store, looking at all, all of the dark chocolates, like the dark chocolates where you just didn't even think that there's milk in it because it's dark chocolate. And I was looking at like Ghirardelli and Dove and all of like the name, name brands and they all had milk fat. And I was like, oh my God, like my heart sank. And I was like, what am I going to eat? Because I love sweets. Like I love yeah. desserts. I love sweets. And so it was, that was like a huge wake up call for me as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think honestly, depending on where you're at, you know, if someone's eating, already eating a lot of plant foods, a lot of vegetables, it might be easier for you to make that transition. Whereas mm. if you've never cooked and you eat fast food every single day going to be a little bit harder and I think just having that grace of what's amazing about this the community and and the growth of veganism is that there I know so many junk food vegans who just eat 
vegan junk food. And the funny thing is I was within this community on Instagram where everyone was like vibrant plant foods and like yeah. food world. And then I got to university and I was like, I need to meet vegans in real life. So mm-hmm. I joined the vegan society and everyone in it was junk food vegans and, they just <laughs> had chips and vegan chicken nuggets and stuff. And I didn't realize that that community existed as well. Yeah. So the junk food things. vegans. It can be for everyone. Yeah, it really can. And I not necessarily would advocate the junk food vegan route, like if you're doing it for health, but like, but there are, there's a lot of vegan junk food for, I mean, Oreos are vegan, right? So there's, there's, there's a lot of vegan junk food out there. And I think there's a lot of transition foods as well for Mm. people. Like when I first transitioned, like Beyond Meat was not a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, the beyond burgers, the impossible burgers, that was not a thing. And I actually am not even a fan of that. Cause I, I never, I'm, I think I was like a vegetarian at heart. I never really liked never, meat. Yeah. I never, you, when yeah. I tried the impossible burger, I was like, you guys are lying to me. This is oh, a burger. No. Like I was freaking out. I was like, <laughs> this is weird. Like I don't want this. Um, but now there's so many alternatives and I think, and yeah. And on social media, there's so many people that are a part of this movement. And mm-hmm. I think that it's really really catching wind. And I, and I love that. And I would love to know, um, Mm -hmm. as far as like, we're going to like switch topics a little bit with vegan and traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know personally, depending on where you travel, it's either really easy or really hard. Oh yeah. Like (laughs) real, like when I was in Paris, it was so hard, um, to, you couldn't just like walk into a restaurant and find something to eat. Like you really had to look things up. Um, so I would want to know what your biggest tips as far as being vegan or being plant-based and traveling would be? Yeah. So in Bali, obviously it was super easy, but then we went to places like the Philippines where we were island hopping and the local food. Like I think I walked into a place on my first night in Manila and I Uh said, do you have anything vegan? And they said, we have chicken. I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, that's it. <laughs> we have chicken. So I think that my biggest tip would be look out for the fresh fruits and veggies, go to those market stalls and stock up. Mm-hmm. Um, tins of beans and everything is also really great. But then um, just be prepared, I think. And yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest tip would just be prepared. Um, and I, that that's a big one too. Like yeah. just like look ahead, educate yourself on where you're going, mm-hmm. I think. And then like, having yeah. food on hand helps. Yeah. Like when you go to the market and get some fruits, like have that on hand. That way, if you go to a restaurant and before mm-hmm. you know it, hours go by and you can't find a place to eat, at least you have yeah. something to eat and you're not crazy. And I will always need to carry a snack around me because I will get hangry. I get so hangry. It's so, it's so bad. It's, and yeah. I remember being in Paris and we just thought we were going to be able to walk. Like this is like our first day or second day. We were so naive. And we thought we we're going to be able to walk <laughs> and just go find a nice like yeah. cafe or restaurant. And there was literally nothing. Like not like we looked at everything. There yeah. was nothing that we can eat. And it was like an hour of walking by every we went into every single restaurant and there was nothing we can eat and after that i literally spent like the like a whole day not a whole day but like at night making a whole list with like links to vegan mm-hmm. restaurants or vegan cafes or vegan options in paris and you go to um cloud cakes we did go to cloud cakes yeah. yes <laughs> we went to almost every place and i think the thing in paris is that we were not near we were by the arc de triomphe so mm-hmm. we weren't by the water where there was like a lot more restaurant mm-hmm. like vegan options so where yeah. we were at 
there wasn't a lot of vegan options. We had to yeah. really travel and plan ahead. And we went to the market a couple of times and just like had bananas and apples and stuff like yeah. that on hand. So we didn't get crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that I think planning is a huge, is, it's just the biggest tip and where there's a will, there's a way, you know, you can, you can really make it happen. Some yeah. places might be harder than others. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just, it takes a little bit more effort, but it's so worth it. It does. It definitely does. And, and yeah, and I think once you know your, your reasoning for doing it and you have that strong conviction, it just makes it so much easier. Cause I remember when I first switched, people were telling me like, why are you punishing yourself? Like when people would bring in like donuts or like cake and stuff and I just wouldn't eat it because it wasn't vegan. And they'd be, why are you punishing yourself? I'm like, I'm not punishing myself. Like this is a choice that I don't want to participate in that. I don't want to put it in my body and I don't feel like I'm punishing myself. Like I, I feel proud of my decision, you know, and it feels good. And when you have that alignment, it's no, it's not a punishment. And it, that re- also really helped me. Like, yeah, there's vegan junk food, but it really taught me how to fuel my body with mm-hmm. whole foods and vegetables. And it just made the struggle with like weight loss and not like weight loss, but like weight maintenance and not gaining weight yeah. so much easier. So much easier, so much easier because I remember like going out to a coffee shop with my family and my dad's like, let's go get a coffee and a cake. Yeah. And I'd be there like, there's nothing vegan here, but mm-hmm. that's a good thing because it would mean- Exactly. I would eat all the, like, I'm such a sucker for vegan baked goods. So the fact that like when I go out to like coffee shops and stuff and like, there's like really no baked goods that are vegan, I'm like, this is a good thing. You know, like this, I don't, uh, this is a good thing. Cause (laughs) I remember, yeah, when we went to like cloud cakes and we went to like other vegan bakeries in Paris, like my mouth just like drooled. I was like, I want one of everything. Because now there's so many more options available. As soon as I find a place that has vegan food, I will eat it all. All of it. (laughs) Like I have no self-control. Yeah. Um, But it does, I think it makes it easier too eating out sometimes when you have like, there's like such a huge menu and I'm like, okay, well, I have three options here, you know? And I'm like, yeah. it, it almost just makes it easier. Like, I don't feel like it's a punishment oh at all. Oh my gosh, yeah, I know. And also yeah. I am the worst at decision-making. So yeah. like when it comes to like figuring out what I'm going to eat on the menu, it's so mm-hmm. much easier when there's like just a few vegan options. Just, yeah, and you're like, okay, you're like, I can make a decision out of like yeah. three to four versus like 20, you know? No, if it ever opened up to me in the future, I'd just be like, oh, I literally can't choose. I, can't I couldn't. <laughs> I, I felt so, so we usually don't go to a lot of like vegan bakeries and stuff, even mm-hmm. though there's, there's a lot in LA. I just stay away from them because, you know, the self-control thing, it's just not a, it's not a thing with me. Um, but I, when we were in, in Paris and Barcelona, we went to, I, got, I was like, we're mm. going to go treat ourselves to all, all of yeah, the desserts. And, actually, and I couldn't decide. I literally could not decide. I know. And that's also the thing with traveling. Mm-hmm. You go to a new place and you want to find all those places. Mm-hmm. All the you food. want to find all the vegan food. So <laughs> then you end up eating loads. And like, it's fine for a holiday, but traveling. And doing it. Really you're there for a prolonged amount of time. You're mm-hmm. constantly seeing new places. But then I gain quite a bit of weight. Yeah. And it's so, it's so easy to do. And so, okay. Yeah. Now let's talk about travel. Okay. Um, because I know that you said for over... A year now, right? You've been traveling and on a backpacker's budget and making mm-hmm. it happen. So I want to know when did you catch the travel bug? What made you make the decision to start doing this? Where have you been? And 
how have you made it happen <laughs> for okay. everyone that's like, I want to do this? Yeah. So I decided to travel probably two years ago now. Mm -hmm. I was with my best friend at uni and I just remember like I've always been into getting inspiration through social media and the community on social media. Mm -hmm. And I saw lots of vegans traveling, those amazing travel videos and photos. And like, I just get super inspired by that. Uh -huh. So that's kind of what gave me the incentive to travel. And I knew I wanted to travel and take all those pictures and do all the <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I left about a year ago. I had worked doing my freelance social media business in mm -hmm. London and I had enough money to go traveling for the next three months. Mm -hmm. So I went to Bali, the Philippines, Thailand, Singapore, Fiji, New Zealand, and then landed in Australia. And now I'm currently in Australia. Okay. So this question now, <laughs> as far as the three months, you had enough money when you left for three months, but you bought mm -hmm. a one-way ticket. Yeah. Just a country. And then you would no plan on returning, but you're like, no, I have... Okay. And, and if you needed to come back, that was going to be right. The default, right. To come back, I'm guessing. Yeah. Or was that yeah. just not an option anymore? So I did have enough money in my savings, but I really wanted to be like, I don't want to touch that. I want to uh -huh. be able to make the money myself. Mm -hmm. So I did have a one-way ticket. I got to Australia. We landed in Melbourne and mm -hmm. I realized I had no money. Um, <laughs> I had money in my savings that I could yeah. have used to come home, but I was like, no, 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 I want to challenge myself. So, I want to stay here mm -hmm. and work here mm -hmm. and then make enough money to travel the East coast of Australia. And then maybe I'll come back once my one year visa in Australia runs out. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a, uh, a test to myself. Basically. Yeah. And, so, yeah. And I think when you put yourself on that line, you really rise to the occasion when, you oh, know, yeah. like a lot of us don't think we're capable of doing something, but then when you put yourself like out there and you don't have a choice, it's either like you go back or you make it happen. Yeah. I think that's when we really show what we're capable of. And so my question is the social media, um, business that you like the freelance social media business mm -hmm. were you building that up before you left yeah right um so all through uni i was just posting on my vegan account that's when i when i first went vegan mm -hmm. i found it through social media and because i didn't know anyone else who was vegan at school mm -hmm. or in my real life um i decided i knew that there was a community on instagram so i thought i'd join it and share my food creations and get to talk to other people who are vegan and resonate with them and just build my own community mm -hmm. um and so all through uni that kind of grew um and, then, and this was just for fun like as a hobby yeah, right oh, this okay was just for fun just yeah. so i could connect with people and mm -hmm. be able to talk to them about veganism that I couldn't talk to people in real life mm -hmm. um, or like in my reality. Yeah. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then something crazy happened. This one guy who had set up this vegan fast food company in my city that I was studying in just reached out to me and said, Hey, I know you have an amazing social media account. I was wondering whether you'd like to come in and take pictures for me and run my business's social media because I know you do a great job. Okay. And I was like, I have never considered this before. I didn't know this was a thing, but I'm so down to do that. It just and that was just right to, to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was my first job, and I was like, this is so great. I'm loving this. The money is great. Um, and was this, this a full-time like, job that he gave you or was it like based on? No, no, on this was just part-time. Part so time? I was okay. like, okay, I'm going to have to find some more clients to build this up, mm -hmm. to be able to like create this into my full-time job. Mm -hmm. 
And so yeah, I just kind of kept building it through there. The tricky thing about it was, is that it's easy to gain clients, but then it's easy to lose clients when they don't have the budget, especially because I'm working with more so startups and smaller brands or businesses that are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when I went traveling for the first time, I was like, I really want to experience this to the fullest. Mm -hmm. So I kind of dropped a lot of clients when I went traveling and then coming back to Australia, having to build that up with a whole new, um, pool of brands that I didn't know about, I didn't have the connections with, I hadn't networked with was a whole nother ball, ball game in itself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so you were, so were, when you were traveling like around mm-hmm. Southeast Asia and stuff like that, mm-hmm. were you still running your social media, like freelance business or was it, how was that working out? Yeah. So I only kept one client for a few months whilst I was traveling mm-hmm. just because I knew I really, really wanted to just enjoy the experience of traveling and not have to worry about work. Uh-huh. Um, so I only kept one client and then I got to Australia and I tried to set up the business again, but it was really hard when I hadn't networked with And you people. haven't built the relationships that exactly. it takes to have yeah. business. Yeah, it's all about relationships and networking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really important in business. Yeah. For, take note for anyone that wants to run your yeah. own business, you need to have relationships with people. Like business yeah. equals people. Okay, so then my question, because I know people are wondering, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. um, um, and I know you said that you had a savings, that, but you didn't want to touch your savings. Mm-hmm. So what were you doing to bring in income while you were traveling and you only had one client? So I literally just made all the money from my previous clients when I was in London. And uh-huh. so I just had that chunk of money that I had earned. And, then, okay, and I just had that that I was just going to use for the okay. three months. So you had that budgeted out and you're like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to exactly. use. So I'm going to live off and of. then And then I got to Australia and that had run out. Run out so... Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, it's time to like start working again. Mm-hmm. And actually I didn't start up my business because I did find it hard that the moral of the story is that you do really need to have that networking in place when you get to a new country or a new area that mm. you don't have that, that behind you. Yeah. So the people that you were working with um, initially where you built up that business, was, mm. was it like, as you were saying, was it people within that region that you were working with? Yeah, so it was people from London, from the UK that I had met through food events I used to work at. I used to do like sampling for a coconut water company. Uh So I used to go there and work all day on my feet. And then in my breaks that I would have like 20 minute breaks, I would run out and I would go and network myself with all of those other health food brands that I and aligned. And little business with. cards and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh and my gosh, like, you're a little hustler. <laughs> and this was all whilst I was still at university as well. So wow. um, whilst all my friends were like going out and partying, I was like, I have to build you're like handing out business cards at food yeah. events. That's amazing. Okay, so you were really building those relationships in person. Mm. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you were like sliding into people's DMs or anything like that. No, and I mean, that still has its place as well. Yeah. I still did that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what really, really helped was having my own vegan Instagram account, which showed that that was kind of like my portfolio in itself. It, yeah, it really that. is. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. people could see that I was doing a good job. They on could that. see your work. They could yeah. see your work and be like, exactly. okay, yeah, I like this. I like, and you, you have a beautiful account and lots of value, which is why I asked you to be on the show. Um, okay. So I, I'm like, my mind's blown right now. Okay. So you get to <laughs> Australia. I'm like walking through this with you. So, okay. So you get to Australia and you're like, I need to do yeah. something, right? So, so let's go from there. 
Yeah. So, okay. A bit of a weird one. Mm -hmm. I look for a job within the social media space. And previous to this, I did work in London for a couple of months at a luxury travel agency, Mm -hmm. PR agency. So I did social media with them. So I was like, okay, maybe I can work again one, like for just one business doing Mm -hmm. their social media. And I ended up finding a job with one of the real housewives of Melbourne what <laughs> I, know, I know the real housewives like of orange county yeah. or whatever here yeah, so one one of of i didn't know that i didn't know that yeah. so i ended up working for one of the real housewives for um, her like a one yeah. of them okay yeah as her um pa and social media manager how did you find this job was it oh, just posted so there's, actually, there's this website called pedestrian here in australia and uh-huh. there's just job listings on it and i just saw work for the CEO of a it's a tea company so she owned this beautiful um tea company that I did the social media for that and then I did the social media for herself so her celebrity her account, account yeah and then I was also her PA so I did like random little jobs, for jobs. Her. and I managed to stick that out for the majority of the time I was in Melbourne but uh-huh. um I realized that that's not my passion. Mm-hmm. I don't like going to, to an office every day. I don't like just working for one client. I love like having an abundance of different things I can work on and creative pursuits and feel like it's my own mm-hmm. rather than working for someone else. But that was an interesting experience. Yeah. And you, and you, you did something that you needed to do to just, mm-hmm. you know, start yeah, like yeah. obviously like funding you. Um, so then, so now are you doing primarily your so- back to what your passion is? Yeah. So how did you get there? So really really weird the housewife actually Uh fired me oh wow yeah and it was at a time when I had really wanted to quit for the last couple of months I was so you were already wanting to quit but you weren't and so the universe was like okay this is time for you to be done (laughs) so weird it's so weird and I was so glad that she let me go she I'm not gonna like talk badly about her yeah um, yeah that happened just didn't work out wasn't meant to be It wasn't meant to be. And then the next day I get these emails and texts from some brands that I work with back in the UK, um, just a little bit of work here and there for them. And they were like, hey, we've been meaning to reach out to you for quite a while. We really want you to work with us. And that was just so weird that that happened at that time. (laughs) Yeah, the next day? The next day. Wow. And um, it, but it just showed like, networking the networking I did for the last couple of years before that it didn't bring much to fruition at the time when I really needed clients but Mm -hmm. then a year later I just get a random message and so all that networking I did in the past Mm -hmm. helped me today yeah and I think that's such a beautiful like lesson and a beautiful story Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are looking for that instant gratification and they don't think something's working if they don't see results like yesterday you know and and they're like oh my gosh this isn't working and I think just realizing when you're planting these seeds like you have to give things time to grow and and it might not happen on your timeline you know it might it Mm -hmm. might like you might have to go through this whole Thing and it might not happen when you when you think you need it. It's gonna happen when it's the timing's it's right. To happen. Yeah, yeah, and when it's supposed to happen. Um, and I love that. So now you're working with those clients in the UK. So you work, yeah. work remotely, and, yeah. and you do your own like schedule and stuff like that. And yeah, and like I, that was really great because I worked over Christmas for some new clients, and then I went traveling again up the east coast of Australia, and I've only just come back from that. But I kept working with those few clients whilst I was traveling 
Um, and now I, I've come back and I still have them, which is really, really great. And have you been traveling alone this whole time or friends, partner? So I've been traveling with my best friend and we've been literally together this whole year. We've been sharing a bed together, living in Australia. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to learn to like be with someone else constantly Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm someone who's like quite an introvert and Mm -hmm. needed my own space a lot of the time, but it was really interesting to be constantly surrounded by people. Yeah. And then also I got to Australia and fell in love. So now I'm living with my boyfriend here. So okay. it's just been like, it's been nice to, you know, always be around people and like be pushed out of my comfort zone so much. Yeah. And that's actually definitely what traveling does to you. And it really does. And, mm-hmm. and it's like such an educational experience, not just, I think it's educational when you learn how different people around the world live. Like it really expands your, just like your knowledge of like getting outside your bubble. But I think you learn a lot about yourself as well in the traveling. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. It's so cliche, but it's true. It is. It's so so cliche. That was like the most cliche (laughs) thing that ever came out of me. Um, (laughs) But it's so true. And so when you're building the social media, um, like the social media content and profiles for your clients, like you have Mm -hmm. your own camera. Do you take your own pictures and stuff like that for products and stuff? And And you basically manage their whole accounts. Right. Yeah, so, so photography's like, always been a passion and a hobby of yours. Since- um, so it, it, like, again, it stemmed from me going vegan at the start and really? creating my social media and wanting to build that community. I started taking pictures on my phone um, to share with everyone. I was like, oh, these pictures could be so much better if I got a good camera. Mm-hmm. And so I got a good camera. And then I started taking more and more pictures and it just like developed from there. But it's never something that I was super interested in growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've always been creative. So just like a fun hobby. Creative. And then now, now you're here. <laughs> and that's amazing. So what are your, what are your plans now? It's like, do you, you said you have a one-year visa in Australia yeah. and then so that runs out in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to go back to England, try and build up more clients. Um, like my dream is to have my own business at some point, like proper start something mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see what happens we'll see what ha- yeah i'll just see what happens who even knows i'm not sure i don't like to plan too much now especially like with traveling that sh- like it teaches you to be a bit more spontaneous and just allow things to happen yeah. uh, like it's i think so like yeah difficult. like have having some like long-term i think you have like a long-term vision of like knowing mm. that you kind of want to do something yeah. for yourself right yeah. but you're allowing the spontaneity and you're allowing things to come in different ways that you might not expect yeah. and i think that's a beautiful thing and a beautiful balance like it's one thing to like not have any plans and be like i don't know what i want yeah, and it's exactly. one thing to say like I have a vision and I kind of can envision of what my ideal life would look like, but how that comes to me mm-hmm. might not be in a way that I expect. Yeah. Um, and I think you're open to that, you know, yeah. I think that's such a beautiful thing. Um, so if you had to name one of like, you've been to a lot of different countries and a lot of uh-huh. different places, what have been your favorite places that you visited um, and why? Yeah. Okay, that's like the hardest question. I know, I bet, because everything is so different, right? Which is favorite. But I think I really loved the Philippines mm-hmm. just because I think the infrastructure for traveling there is a lot more difficult. So it's 
you have to take overnight ferries to get to places and bumpy cars down bumpy tracks. But once you get to the destination, oh my gosh, it is so beautiful. It is yeah. stunning. It um, looks beautiful. There, there aren't that many tourists there. So I think it's, it's really lovely. And Where in the Philippines did you go? So I went to Palawan, so okay. Alamo, mm-hmm. um, which was stunning. And then I loved Shargao, this tiny little surfer paradise island, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing as well. And then I also, I got the opportunity to go to Cebu City, which I would not recommend you go there. Unless, <laughs> um, I, went volu- I was volunteering there with some kids mm-hmm. and that was amazing just being able to be immersed with more of a local community and get to know like the way of life that Mm -hmm. have there as well. Um, And I, okay, now completely different topic and question. Mm -hmm. So I know you live with your partner now in Australia, right? Is he vegan too or no? No. Okay. So I'm, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I want to know how that dynamic and how that relationship works. So I think when I first went vegan, I was so passionate about like, I want to find someone who's vegan and will live this lifestyle with me. And then like going through the many years I've been vegan now, I've just realized like everyone's on their own journey mm-hmm. and you can't expect everyone to, you know, have got your you know, views got, or have your, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. Like, what's amazing is that he's trying, he eats vegan with me when I cook dinner mm-hmm. and go out for meals. And he watched, um, walking Phoenix's speech. Um, oh yes. The Oscars. <laughs> I need, I'm not drinking milk anymore. <laughs> Isn't it? It's just so horrible. It's so horrible. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's just it, like everyone's journey. Yeah. And everyone is definitely on their own journey. And I think that's a, uh, like a really beautiful thing that you guys are still in a great relationship and he's not vegan because um, I think sometimes some people that might cause problems or that, might, yeah. you know, like especially because it's a topic that can people can be so passionate about, you know, and, um, and the thing is like, as much as like veganism is my brand and everything, it's not my whole entire life. It's mm-hmm. like, it's still one part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously so much more. Um, so it, like, it's not the end of the world or anything. If, and like most of my friends aren't vegan, but they are so open to it and try food when I'm there. And mm-hmm. I just love the fact that people are trying and open. And, and open to even trying. Yeah. And I think, um, I love, and like majority of our lives, we weren't vegan, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like, and I also don't, I like, I don't really like to like to use the word vegan because I feel like there's, um, just been a movement where people are judging other people a lot and putting other people down that don't choose that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and it's very just like, I don't think there's any way to get like a message across when you're shutting people down and you're putting them down, um, or you're, you're on your high horse, you know? And I think, um, it's a, it's a beautiful movement. And when you embrace it as your lifestyle, like you just, you feel so aligned, right? Like I'm sure you feel so aligned with all of your decisions and things that you do. Yeah, 100%. You know, and it's something that you're so passionate about and you're like, oh, why isn't everyone doing this? Right? <laughs> but I also think just also realizing that everyone is on their own journey, you know, yeah. and everyone has their, and the, that's the beautiful thing about being humans is that everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's on their own path. And I think acceptance and compassion and love goes for humans too. 100%. You know, it's not just, it's not just for animals it's for humans too yeah Um, and if you're like if you say you're compassionate 
and but you're tearing other people down, then you're not. You're like, not. You, 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 compassion doesn't get to choose who you're compassionate yeah. to. It's compassionate yeah. against all beings. Um, yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I know a lot of people like in the movement aren't compassionate towards humans that aren't vegan. And I'm just like, well, majority of our lives, we weren't, you know? And I think that's something that we need to remember yeah. um, and that everyone's on their own journey. Because when I wasn't vegan, if someone was like, trying to like spew out all of these facts and things that were going on and like tell me what a horrible human being I was because I was eating cheese like that would not make me want to change you know exactly. at all I would be like you guys are crazy I'm like no stop telling me what to do yeah it just yeah. it would and so I think compassion and love is the way that we need to lead our lives not just for the animals but in all of our relationships um wow so much, <laughs> so, so much information, so much value. I'm honestly, I like, I feel like I could keep on going on and keep on talking to you forever. I'm like, so <laughs> I'm so amused with all, just all of the things that you've learned through traveling and through your journey at such a young age as well. Yeah. Um, and I want to know as we're wrapping up this episode, mm -hmm. what are your biggest like, life lessons that you've learned through veganism, through traveling, anything that you feel like um, people that are listening that maybe don't know their path, they maybe yeah. are unsure of themselves, what could what would be your biggest tips or life lessons I mean, that you've learned? And the thing is, I am so young. I'm still, there are still things I'm unsure of, mm -hmm. but there are still things that I'm definitely 100% sure of mm -hmm. but at the same time. So it's just finding that balance between those two, yeah. <laughs> those two things. Um, but my biggest tip would be, be that I remember seeing this quote and it was like one day you can literally wake up and you can decide to do this and you can decide to do this and you can literally decide to give up me mm -hmm. and it's just like knowing that you literally have that within in your power to just mm -hmm. be able to make that decision and once that decision's made you just go all in mm -hmm. um, and it's just knowing that you have that ability yeah and I that's such a beautiful thing and um I'm such a huge believer. I don't know if you know who Tony Robbins is, but uh, oh, yeah. we went to, yeah, he talks about like your life, your destiny is shaped by your decisions. And, mm -hmm. and when you think about it, it really is like, it's in those, like you can think about how your life has transformed into the path that it took now. And you can look at specific decisions that you made and like, you know, where you made them and when yeah. you made them that your life, just your path altered. And yeah. it might've taken you a whole year to get to that decision, to feel so finite in it. But mm -hmm. once you made that decision, there was, there's no other option. Right. And I think that's yeah. such a beautiful thing that we all have that within us. Um, and I love, I love that you shared that. So, if people are listening and they fell in love with you as much as I did, because I know they did, um, where can they find you? Where can they get more of you? Is there anything yeah. um, that, you know, just share it all and we'll link it in the show notes. Okay, great. So Instagram, you can find me at Petite Elise. That's P-E-T-I-T-E-E-L-I-S-E. -E -E. How um, tall are you? Are you tiny? I'm five foot. Okay, you are petite. <laughs> <laughs> very small yeah um, and then on youtube i am just petite elise as mm -hmm. well and i'm in the process of creating my own website so that will be linked to my bio and instagram hopefully okay. very very soon okay amazing thank you so much for taking the time you. there's so much value on this episode Aww, absolutely so loved it um and i'm really really excited for everyone to listen to this and get more of you thank you so much
much. Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, bye guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit torinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.